Are you hearing this? Oh, there's, damn it, there's some street drama I'm missing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Loud Friends. My name is Zach Bruin, and uh, my co-hostess with the co-mostest oh. joining me today, as always, is, uh, Mike Egan. Mike, how is it going, buddy? I'm here. I'm I'm good. I'm I'm doing all right. I'm I I feel like this is a running theme, but I I may or may not have a little bit of a head cold right now. So oh really? We'll feel it out. This is uh I feel like this happens now every time uh, a house guest leaves. And just like all the stress, you know, rolls away. And then my body's just like, ah, fuck you. <laughs> Time to relax. Yeah. And let all of these viruses into the front door. <laughs> exactly. God damn it. Yeah. yeah that's, I think um, that's, I think that's an actual thing, right? Like, I feel like it's a known thing that when people like go on vacation because yeah. they're giving themselves a chance to relax, like they become more susceptible to like getting sick or something along those lines like I, I, right. don't, I don't know if that's like a wives tale or, or what have you but i'm pretty it sure that right. that's a thing that happens yeah yeah that sounds like a thing i've heard um and that lines up with my experience right how are you zach how am i um there's been a lot going on in my last like week week and a half so as you know i started a new job so adjusting to that after not having worked for i mean it would it would be about seven months yeah is yeah. uh is quite the adjustment just uh readjusting to the schedule of having a nine-to-five job is right is interesting I, I don't think it's been too overwhelming uh i can get into that a little bit later um but you know that that takes a little bit of of doing that takes an, a, a bit of adjusting just on a an energy and a mental level. Um, but on top of that as well, unfortunately I also had to, um, attend a Wiccan funeral for, uh, my uncle actually, uh, which happened just, so we're recording on Sunday and that was, uh, a Thursday, Friday affair. And mm. so, and, and like personally I'm doing, like I'm doing okay with that. Um, we weren't super close, but it, it is the kind of thing where you, uh, I'm kind of, I'm processing this a little bit in real time because I'm still digesting kind of what had happened over the last couple of days. Um, right. So the, 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 his passing was not unexpected. Thankfully. Um, okay. he had a, he had a very long bout with a, a pretty aggressive, like brain cancer for like 15 years. And uh, it was the kind of deal where like we were, we were pretty happy to get that much out of him considering like, yeah, the surgeries that he had had and the, um, the times that it had like come back and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so, so it certainly wasn't out of nowhere. Um, though that being said, um, even if him kind of not being with us anymore, doesn't feel like it affects me like directly personally much it, you know, it certainly has waves out and I, I'm mostly worried for, or have, have kind of like mourning empathy for my other family 
like right, the other sure. like the folks who were closer to him you know my yeah. my other uncle and my dad who were his brothers and the uh you know the the whopping six kids he's leaving behind <laughs> yeah right um which uh which also ties into him being quite irish catholic sure yep <laughs> you mm-hmm. know they you I'm know familiar. They, yeah they they just kind of pop him out and you know god bless him for it they do um so so yeah i i've just been i've been ruminating on a lot of different things relating to you know family passing and like just death rituals and um so so a lot of that stuff and it's 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 dense and it's difficult to talk about as i've been like parsing it over the last couple days um but uh i'm doing okay the the wake and the the funeral were both um they were they were big they were traditional and it was i think what everyone needed you know the it was the standard thing where thursday was the wake and i i still like there's a there's a part of me that still thinks that the tradition of going up to see the body during a wake is kind of bizarre like this is this is the first time in a while where i felt like it alienated me because it wasn't like I don't know. It wasn't like one of my more elderly family members who had passed away. So when you walk up and you kind of see them all done up in makeup, it's like, oh, well, you know, they're, they're kind of old and you can't really tell like heads or tails. Like they were, they were pretty close to their death, but like my uncle, I just seen like a couple weeks ago. Like I I think like took the time to go down and visit him and help my dad help him and just hang out, do whatever. Um, you know, because towards the end of his life, he, he was losing a lot of his like his motor functions, right? Like he could right. still talk and everything, but he could not move on his own. So we yeah, were yeah. we were helping out with that, and that was a really good um, experience, just to feel like I was helping. Uh, yeah. But like, it was it was the bizarre thing of being like, I don't. It, it does not feel like the person in that casket is like my uncle. Right. Like, right. Like it doesn't feel yeah. like that's my family member. It doesn't look like them. It doesn't, it, the whole thing doesn't feel like quite like right by them or not, not the whole thing doesn't feel quite right by them, but just mm-hmm. like the, the, um, the stark contrast there just, I, I didn't linger by the casket all too much. Cause it just, it really, uh, waked me out. Uh, yeah. I'll try, I'll try to spare the, the details with this, but overall it was, it was good. There was a bunch of people that showed up the day after we went and did a, a very traditional Irish Catholic mass and like a, a same kind of deal there. Um, I've, I went to Catholic school for three years when I was younger and that was like kind of enough for me. Like I got the good amount of exposure to it to be like, yeah, I don't know if this is it uh-huh. <laughs> exactly feels uh, pretty bizarre. And yeah. uh, I had those thoughts and feelings like reaffirmed during that whole mass as well. Um, but uh after all that, there was the the luncheon at uh, actually Fox's in Orland Park. Oh yeah, okay. Is that, that yeah? Does that ring a bell for you? It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to live right yeah. by there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we we filled their basement up easy. Yeah. Um, banquet style stuff. Um, and so like overall, I think it was it was very good and healing for the family. Um, it was good for everyone to reconnect and for us to all see like his children because they're i mean you know they're still they're still growing up right like they're all younger than i am oh wow like i think i I think the oldest might be in his like early 20s yeah so you know so they're still a lot of them are still like kids 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 right so um 
but connecting with them was very good and just checking up with them. And I think that all of them to had also like kind of been ready for it, but you know, they, right. they had their moments um, throughout the whole process. Um, so, so now I'm just kind of left with a lot of um, a lot of like meandering thoughts about like what it, cause like the one thing that like sticks with me now and is kind of weird is that like, I don't feel like I knew him very well at all. Uh-huh. And like the the few times where I like asked around about him, um, a lot of times I would get the answer of just like I mean like he he worked and he raised his many children and that like those are the th- like he didn't really have time to do much else right like yeah. when you're when you're raising a family that big and you're supporting them those are kind of those are your things those are your yeah. mainstays right right um, I I don't know it, it just it feels like the uh, you know I think I think we all understand like both you and me at this point that like of like the fragility of life overall right like mm-hmm. we we hear stories all the time of like how in a snap instant like someone's uh like family's lives are changed because someone like just goes out in the blink of an eye a car accident uh, you know the stuff that we would hear uh with our, our folks like watching like morning news or stuff right, right. like you hear about yeah. these like just freak accident deaths all the time right. um not so much the fragility fragility of life but the like the frailty of like keeping tabs on those connections or just like documenting people's lives and kind of what they were like, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels like all that can just go away so quickly. Uh, if, if you're not careful with, I get like just documenting it somewhere, right? Like scrapbooking mm-hmm. or recording stuff. So I'm, uh, I, I've just got a bunch of like scattered thoughts as, as most people usually do after you know one of their family members pass away and they see all these other folks they haven't seen in a long time um yeah uh especially as someone for me who feels like i don't have like the the strongest most in-depth connection or relationships with a lot of my family members i'm just trying to think about the best ways to preserve the the types of family that i have now and uh preserving the ideas of people like going forward. So that's all very like heady stuff. And I don't know if that's going to take any concrete action, uh, but uh, it's, yeah. So it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a interesting two weeks for me. There's a lot of, a lot of ruminating, a lot of adjusting. Um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear it that you, you, yeah. know, you lost a family member, obviously. Yeah. I um, appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, I totally understand a lot of what you're talking about. It's, it's funny. The, like all the people are made up of like a lot of tiny little stories and you, uh, for, for your older relatives, you won't get to, uh, experience or like even secondhand hear a lot of those. We, I think about this a lot. Um, and, and when my folks were just here, we were talking about our, our families a little bit, um, like each side of the family. And like, uh, my sister and I will talk all the time about how there are things like there, there are bits and pieces that we still just don't know about our own family. Cause you tend not to talk about all that stuff. And so then when, the family gets older and like people start to pass away, then all of that is just completely lost. And like, you've never learned it and it's just gone to the world then. Right. And the inherent like sentimental value of it just skyrockets, right? Yeah. You're just like right. you're, you're clawing for details. And, and another thing too, is that I feel by the time 
So my my grandparents passed when I was like, I mean, like relatively young. Like my grandparents on my father's side, and they were they were also kind of like a slow decay. They were pack a day smokers. Mm-hmm. Like you could see it from a mile away. Like their health sure. was not getting yeah. any better. Clearly, um, but I kept on thinking how much of a shame it is that by the time that I had learned to like empathize and uh, like develop the desire to understand other people that it was already kind of like too late to do that with certain family members. Right. Like mm-hmm. you, you hit a certain point in uh, like young adulthood where you go, Oh, not everything's about me and caring about other people. It's like pretty good and interesting. And like the connections that you form with people are like very worthwhile. Yeah. Um, and you kind of stop becoming the center of your own universe to a degree. Right. Um, but by the time that that like develops and flourishes, they were already long gone. Yeah. So I, I feel like I've got some memories of them for sure, but like I have no clue what they were like when they were younger, obviously, or like what they cared about or what their ambitions were. Right. Right. Um, yeah. 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 And obviously it, it goes beyond this, but, um, a lot of it, uh, a lot of where it comes up, um, for my family talking about it is, um, like trying to figure out, exactly where and when we came from like Mm. we my family comes from all over the place my on my dad's side is from ireland um we think they left during the potato famine um my on my mom's side is um uh, italian on my mom's dad's side and hungarian on my mom's mom's side so like trying to piece together like areas and timelines and does anybody have a name and like like at one point, people on on my dad's side went back to Ireland with maybe a name that they possibly knew and tried to find, you know, some link but couldn't find it. So that's like, I mean, stuff like that is is obviously big and that gets gets lost along the way. But then, yeah, there's a lot of other little things. Like they'll they'll tell us a little story about some relative that we never met, and we'll be like, "What? I never I never heard that." Like still at at almost thirty and and over thirty for my sister, like. There's, there's a lot about my family that we, we just haven't heard. And so for, for the people who are already gone, like you'll never get to know what bits and pieces they might've had. Right. Exactly. And now, especially with my, my grandparents have been gone for so long now, it feels like there are less and less instances of getting together and exchanging that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. Like, and you know, my folks living in Indiana now and, um, my other, the uncle who's just passed away, their family, like living in. Uh, Illinois. I, I mean, most of my other family living in Illinois, to be honest, like there, there are less and less kind of reasons to get together and like share that stuff now as well. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's tricky. Um, but it does, it does make me want to like record conversations more. Right. I think. Cause I've got, I've got a little like task cam that would be perfect for that. Oh yeah. Um, and like just, trying to do that in a way that is like completely divorced like it's mostly just for archival right it's not Mm -hmm. like about the idea of like preserving or creating like content or anything right it's so divorced from that like that idea of like what that media's purpose is um so i think that's something i might just have to like start dipping my toes into to get into like i kind of want to start doing this with um uh conversations with like becca right 
yeah. like the, the person I like care the most about in the world, like my best friend and partner, um, like preserving like little idiosyncrasies or like stories or like what their life growing up was sounds like a good, like comfortable starting point. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So I, if I'm, if I'm worth two shits, I'll, I'll hopefully start that soon. Um, as a, as a little preservation project. So yeah. So yeah, sorry to, uh, start the podcast out on a, a dour note, but I felt like that was, no, hey. you know, <laughs> if, if the purpose of this thing is for us to both like be our very true selves and be yeah. honest about where we're at, like that's uh there's no way I could, uh, not, uh, meander about that for, for a little bit. Um, yeah. but, uh, let's, let's get into, into your last week or so i think you were sure. were you hosting again were you did you have more strangers sleeping in your home we did well, yes i guess your family's not your strangers <laughs> yeah i don't know who these fucking people are <laughs> um yeah no we uh we had my my folks stay with us and then um we had a, a week's reprieve let's say and then um this past week uh, a, a friend of lauren's came to stay with us uh she was going to be uh in town um, just kind of making the rounds to friends. I think a lot of people are doing that right now. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, similar. It's, it's funny because this, uh, uh, this time around, it was not like, um, someone close to me. So most of the time it was, uh, her and Lauren, like going out somewhere and hanging out and I would hang back also because I had work to do, um, and just like sit around here and do work. But you still have like, you, you can't be 100% yourself in your own home when someone else is staying there. Like, you can't just walk out to the kitchen in your underwear, underwear and start eating goldfish, a, a thing I've certainly never done. Uh, but you can't do that. <laughs> so it's, uh, it, it introduces a lot of stress into your household life. Um, and while it is a lot of fun, it's a lot of fun to see your friends. Um, the two of them had a lot of fun. You know, they had, you know, some late night video calls with uh, a third friend of theirs. And they were like, you know, yucking it up and laughing and having fun together. And I was like, this is great. I'm, I'm glad this could happen. Um, but two in a row, man, <laughs> it is it is it is. So it's it's partially like it's stressful and exhausting when people are in your house and, and in your day to day life. And then, so that's tiring. And then when they leave, um, it's not a hundred percent a relief because you have to like pick back up and, and like put the house back together and do a bunch of cleaning and, and like laundry. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a tiring month for us. I feel, I feel you there, there is a, there's a toll that hosting takes for sure. Um, though at the same time, I, it's a, it's a nice way to like care for folks, right? Like there, there's something right. uh, like indispensable feeling about being able to open a home and a space up to like folks that you care about, or at the very least in this instance, like a person you care about by proxy of your partner. Right. Yeah. Like when, when Lauren brought it up, like, Hey, would, would she be able to stay here? I was like, Oh yeah, of course. Like, and I, I didn't have to hem and haw. I was like, we have the spare room. Like, this is a friend of yours. I think it'd be cool if somebody came to visit you. So yeah, like I don't regret it necessarily. It's just like, it's a lot to, to have someone in your, in your home and in your day to day life. Um, but it, it is, yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to do that. 
Uh, geez, sorry, sorry to mention, Mike. I actually booked tickets for this Friday for, uh, <laughs> for New York and uh, get that spare bedroom ready, buddy. Well, you know, there's a lot of fine hotels out here in <laughs> New York City, and uh, buddy boy, this ain't one of them. So you're in the clear for a little bit, in, insofar as uh, your your little micro hotel. We are, yeah. I don't, I don't think um, anyone else is staying with us for the rest of the year, um, and and we're happy to have it that way. Uh, sure. We've got a little trip coming up that we've planned, but that's, you know, that's different, obviously. Um, and I guess it will depend on how things shake out as they continue to change. Oh God, I know. Um, that's, Hey, let's, let's get into it. I guess, um, this, I don't know. Did this kind of hit the news of like, delta like getting worse kind of hit you out of nowhere because i feel like it just smacked me in the face like a week and a half ago but it also is maybe because i like i'm not plugged into any like bigger news sources sure yeah no yeah i feel like there was something kind of out of left field that got me suddenly scared again so yeah i would Um, say that was the case i think it was i think it was from my folks uh, initially, or a combination of them and Becca was like, "Oh, hey, like by the way, uh, Delta's here, and oh boy, it's uh, it's in high gear." Yeah, yeah. Living in a major metropolitan area, like, yeah, that becomes a thing very quickly. Even with our vaccination numbers being what they are, like, I, I think um, in New York City, we're at like seventy percent of people have a, at least one dose, hmm. which is a number. I don't know. Well, also, y'all are passing that like mandate for vaccines soon right or for yeah for for certain for certain things yeah um to i don't remember if it's in order to do indoor dining um but it's certainly for like um uh, state and city employees like mta employees need to be vaccinated um so yeah certain certain uh, uh, uh employment situations are mandating vaccines and i'm sure other people are are following suit but they have not they have not and will not do the same for masks, which is another thing that we absolutely need to do. Right. And yeah, so so to break down the information that I know of, it sounds like, yes, masks are the best way to prevent transmission. Delta spreads much, much worse. Yeah. Though at the same time, it seems to like, again, a vaccination seems to be the best thing to prevent any really bad symptoms from taking place, even if you do happen to catch Delta. Right. Um, yeah. Something I was reflecting on is that it's interesting now that, and I think this is also because I just like, I attended a, like a wake and funeral and luncheon where, you know, right. Hundreds of people in a basement. Right. Yeah. 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 So like, obviously I'm going to go and get tested, but at the same time too, something that I was thinking about is like the, the information about how this works is kind of new. So the calculations are, I think are a bit different as compared to like when COVID hit like almost a year and a half ago. Right. Mm -hmm. Like before it was about like, Oh, I'm not protected. And a lot of other people are protected too. So I don't want to be a vector for this thing. Right. As opposed to now there's like a little bit of a different, um, like, calculation that you make where everyone has had the opportunity to go get vaccinated 
and you don't like you don't want to say like well if so if they get it like fuck them because like obviously right, you want to have like some some <laughs> recognize everyone's human dignity and like having empathy for other people right and it hasn't like always been a case it still hasn't been a case of choice for everybody entirely across the country like a lot of people still like can't get a day off work to go get vaccinated there's obviously a lot of uh uh uh, systemic racism and the reasons for why certain communities haven't had as much outreach as other communities. So it isn't like you'll, you'll see a lot on Twitter of like people being like, just fucking get vaccinated. Like what is the, all these people's problem? Like th- there are a lot of systemic problems that are, that are also the cause of this. Oh, of course. Right. And not to mention like the, uh, the long history of people's really bad experiences with the medical system. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, right. 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 Like when you, when you don't have, when you've got a lot of bad faith generated from a lot of people's bad times with that system, this is what you get. Yeah. Um, so yes, I, I agree. It's not, yeah, it's, it's not that simple. Um, and apologies for, for making it sound as such. Um, no, I mean, I, I know you don't, I mean, I know you, <laughs> I just wanted to, to put that out there for the, the listening public. No, of course. Yeah. And I appreciate that you did. So it's just interesting how the calculation is like different now. And obviously you don't want to like be spreading it to, anybody yeah it, it's there's a lot of mental math to do um and i i feel like i keep with this new news i keep um like seesawing between um i i will probably be okay because i'm vaccinated and so it is okay to go on this trip versus like there have been breakthroughs and like delta is incredibly contagious like more contagious than any other variant and do i i don't know if we know the actual numbers on breakthroughs yet still at this point and so is there something to be worried about there like is staying in a hotel okay like renting a car all of these things like i i keep going back and forth between a hard yes because i'm vaccinated and and i don't know and that's scary and right there are a lot of other shades of gray to this now because you like i'll speak for myself here I am like, if I do get, get Delta, I'm not too worried about it affecting me super heavy, like heavily, like because I'm vaccinated. Like, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of evidence now that like a majority of the people who like get the really, really severe symptoms from Delta are unvaccinated people. So I feel relatively safe. However, you can still pass that on. Right. So right, then right. you're just trying to make sure that that you're still not doing something irresponsible by like, for instance, like after, uh, actually I think it was like during, uh, the, the services, uh, for my uncle, um, my buddy James had texted me. It's like, Hey, there's going to be a small show here. Uh, this band that I'm pretty sure we both like, um, is opening for these guys. Like, do you want to go? And I had Mm -hmm. to like, just pause for a second and be like, I I mean, I I guess I have to, I have to take a test to see if that's okay. Right. Because if I am knowingly and bringing Delta, like to a concert space in Chicago, uh, that's not going to feel great. Right. No. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a lot of different responsibility to weigh and yeah, it was. And, and also because things are, <laughs> I like you wrote down in our, in our notes for this episode, COVID unfortunately isn't over. And like, yeah, that's probably the reality we're going to live in for a very long time. And because it's still in this like fluctuating nature, it's hard to plan too far ahead. Like, uh, uh, my sister texted me about, um, 
uh, a show in, I want to say November or December. It's like an indoor venue. And we were like, we were, we were both like, I think we have to come down on the side of no, because we just don't know what it looks like this winter. Yeah, it's it's hard to put down the money and like want to make the plans for that sort of stuff until this gets fleshed out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, same with my birthday this month. Like I was thinking about having a small oh, like yeah. gathering party, but now I don't know if that's cool. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, uh, we're we're in that like middle like gray zone. I feel like we like we we just made these plans to go out um, end of September, um, a week or two ago. We we laid down our plans and like put down the money for a hotel and a car, and now in this zone, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sure we'll find out soon. <laughs> Yeah, we shall see. We'll see how everything breaks. Let's uh, let's switch gears. Do we have any like yeah? <laughs> Do we have any video games to talk about? Is there anything light? There, hey, we always we always do. Um, do you want to? Have you sunk your teeth into the Mario Golf update yet? Yes, I did. I I wanted to make sure I I stopped in because I knew you would, and we'd want to talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so. For those uh, not in the know, not hitting the links, yes. not practicing your your chips and your putts. All right. As we had, I think, talked about last episode, I think we we kind of did our, our little, like, I think I was like, I'm not going to spend that much time on Mario Golf, and then we probably talked about Mario Golf for like 15 minutes. Yeah, uh, right. But it's the end that we both care about very much, and I certainly care about quite a bit. Um, as we were hoping, it did finally get its first update. Um, so the yeah, highlights like, there are that... It, yeah right away <laughs> it's like six weeks after launch which pretty good pretty and it bad yeah um, immediately so after added, we complained about it on the pod they were listening <laughs> that's the secret yeah uh so they added a ranked mode an online ranked mode um with its own kind of like matchmaking setup um we also got the new donk city course yes and there's oh uh and they added toadette as a golfer yeah uh I think those are the major uh, bits of the update. Um, the other thing too is that this is a much smaller uh, thing. Is that they added some text when you're selecting a character? They added some text in the bottom right to denote character points and how many points you need to unlock the next club set. Oh uh, yes, which right. is good because it is very easy to like in the in the way that game launched. Very easy to miss that any of that even existed. <laughs> Yeah, I, which I did. Yeah, that that was previously entirely inscrutable to me. So, have you liked it? Have, what what have you done so far? I liked it. I I dipped into a little bit of each. I started with Toadette in New Donk City, just like mainline everything at once. Um, Toadette feels fine. She's a golfer. I don't know that anything can be said for the differences between the golfers right now. Um, you pro- I think you probably talked about that. Um, I think I mentioned it. I do really like New Donk City though. <laughs> I do too. Nice. I I yeah. didn't I didn't know that it was gonna be a like all par three like sort of like short links kind of deal. Oh, was it all uh, par? Th- okay, I didn't I didn't pay that close yep. attention. Okay, cool. Yes, cool. Yeah, yeah, they are all par threes. Um, Interesting. And it's neat. Like the the way that you occasionally have to like, and and for context here too, there aren't there aren't fairways. Yeah. No, it's a very different course. Yeah, they're all very short um again like par three holes varying between like i don't know like 50 to like 120 150 yards um and on top of that as well 
it's got a toggle for like amateur and pro versions right. of the course, which feels cool. Like that's a good addition. Yeah, that's that's completely different from any of the other courses, which is very neat. Um, does it does that setting replace something else or is that in addition to everything else? So I would imagine that it replaces the T's. Right. Because okay. I, I, I don't think that there are multiple T boxes for any of those holes. Okay. I'm pretty yeah. sure. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I played a little bit of both amateur and pro in New Donk. Um, the, the differences are cool. Like one of the holes has you, it's, it's basically one-to-one -one the map from Mario Odyssey. That oh, might, is it? That might be incorrect, but I recognized a lot of like different areas as being correctly yeah, look, like adjacent to each other. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, like one of the holes is up on, um, out on a little, uh, uh, like metal beams, like construction yeah, like, scaffolding. Yeah, like old-timey, like, construction beam stuff. Yeah, right. right so you're, like, like, suspended over this, like, uh, kind of, like, out-of-bounds area. Yeah, and you're golfing on top of that, um, which is very cool. Yeah, um, I, I am looking forward to playing through the whole course and seeing, like, what all it has to offer. Um, but, yeah, what I, what I have played seems very neat. It's one of the only courses, too, where I'm intrigued by... Uh, potentially playing speed golf on it as well uh oh. because it's so much more constrained and there are also these like boost like it's it's so much more claustrophobic that you kind of bump into folks much more often so like you're right. forced to interact with them and also there are these like speed zones as well that you can like mess with so oh right yeah it's one of the the few areas where I think like speed golf feels like it kind of works a little bit more um, in the very limited amount that I like. I think I, I played like three holes with my buddy the other day and it yeah. felt kind of fun and goofy. OK, um, that could be interesting. I should check that out. The other thing, too, is that like again, because they're all par threes, there aren't fairways at all. So it's all just like it's treated as like concrete rock. So if your ball hits any surface, it's going to bounce. Yeah. And right. so that combined with like trying to curve things around like tight alleyways or like shoot things over other urban structures um it prevents presents just like a totally new flavor uh to the whole thing and it's great it's it's a good course yeah i like it i uh i don't remember which hole this is i was playing like th just three or six holes at a time uh, uh before bed and uh, there was one hole where, um, uh, you're on a curve. It kind of, you go straight and then it curves off to the left before you get to the hole. And, uh, in front of you is this like, like, you know, the flat iron building in New York. It's like a, it's like a big triangle. It's a big triangle building. And so you have the flat angle, like 45 degrees, uh, turned away from you. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to hit my ball against that building and try to bank it towards the hole and it like more or less worked and that was very cool yeah i i i don't think i had like the same experience on the same hole but like i did have a similar actually i think i i think i screen capture or uh, i recorded the video of it I'll, I'll send you it later but there was something yeah. goofy that happened in like banking shots around that uh that was that was pretty fun so yeah uh again being able to 
create a course that does, like feels like it manipulates the way that you like play the core parts of the game like that's what the new courses should be doing like that's right. so that's a step in the right direction um have you have you played any of the ranked yet i played one um this afternoon yeah just so i was fully up to speed on it um gotcha i i, I did not find any human players to play with me but uh, really? that 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 could have been done to my my internet connection and i i don't remember if i i said it after we started the pod, but I'm backing up my entire computer to I'm, I'm switching services, backup services. So my whole ass computer is being shoved through my pipes onto the cloud. Uh, and that has that, and maybe Nintendo hated that. Yeah, maybe Nintendo didn't like that so much. Our speed has taken a bit of a hit over the past few days. Um, but don't worry, in just two short weeks, my computer will be completely backed up. Um, so, yeah, I, I was playing playing with CPU players, but um it seemed cool. Um, I, I like the idea of playing towards, um, it's kind of the idea of any other online ranked, uh, uh, competitive mode, right? Like you're climbing a ladder sort of, um, towards a, a monthly reward of some kind. Yes. Um, and I think that piece of it is good. I, I do like just throwing time toward like throwing away time to, unlock something which I, which i have already i i i oh yeah okay i basically came home uh you know after my uncle's like wicked funeral and just like sank my teeth into that just as a comfort thing just to yeah, like okay de-stress from everything uh yeah yeah and i i unlock the yoshi like the different like colored yoshis pretty soon uh it, it, for context too um i think what they're going to be doing with the rank mode is that every month um if you hit a certain like uh, ranked threshold, you're going to be able to unlock like alternative colors or costumes for golfers, um, right? For yeah. for to use in you know whatever mode you want. Um, and there's a little timer uh, when you do ranked that shows like, hey, you have this many days left to unlock this thing. So I think they are going to be doing it on a monthly basis, uh, right. which is neat. Which is cool. That's you know that's what we were saying. Give me something to shoot for. Like give me a reason to play this game. Yes, exactly. Um, however. I've spent enough time with ranked modes, ranked mode to have qualms with it. And so okay. what I've come to realize about the ranked mode is that as it currently stands, the system more or less measures how much you have played ranked mode. It's not, it's not hmm. really measuring how you've done or like your skill because you can't lose points as far as I know. Right. Okay. And on top of that, too, you don't get extra. Po so, like, the way that it works is that you're matched with three other folks and you do a quick, like, round of three. Whether that's speed golf or uh, stroke play, you all hit at the same time. Um, you're just finishing these holes as quickly as you can, more or less. And there is a there's an edge case in which you're rewarded more for, like, being better than other golfers. But for the most part, like, so for instance, if you come in first amongst the four golfers you're playing against, or the three other golfers you're playing against, you don't get mm -hmm. points based on that rank, like, like right. the, on how you do against those other golfers. There is a little, like, reward that you can get if you happen to beat a golfer that is a higher metal rank than you. So if you're B, if you beat somebody who's A, um, okay. you'll get some more points. But the thing is, with this ranked mode being so new, 
it's naturally going to try and gather folks who are closer together in rank. And so like Mm -hmm. of the, maybe like I'm spitballing here, 25 to 30 ranked matches that I've played. I think maybe there's been two instances of like there being a golfer that has a metal rank outside of like the, the group that we were playing in. Right. Uh, Okay. And so basically the only things that you're left with in certain, so far as like, how many like what the points that you get are how well like what is your score at the end of it so like if you get a if you get a two under you're gonna get more points than if you have like if you're at even right and just a, a some participation points for even playing the mode yeah so i unless unless there is a like later game thing where once you cap out on the ranked mode then you can start fluctuating up and down the ranked mode is kind of a fake, fake ranked mode, right? Like it's not, it's not like a competitive kind of ladder thing that, yeah, that we were I, thinking. I of. hadn't really thought about that. I and I think that the, I think the only reason I've thought about it is because I've played it too much. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. No. I mean, I played one match, so I. Yeah. Oh, that's. Hmm. And I'm not looking for this to like recreate like the fucking like StarCraft ladder, right? I don't want sure, it to be a I mean, broom, yeah. like upswings and downswings, but I like I want my choices to matter. <laughs> Yeah, no, right. You you don't want it to just be, I mean, like you said, a, a measure of how much you have played the ranked mode. Yeah. That's really funny. Um, I don't know. Maybe this is like, like maybe they adjust that going forward. Who knows? Maybe this is just how it is, like as people are getting, uh, like, like funneling people into it. Yeah, th- this could definitely just be the first pass of this thing. Yeah. Um. And that's fine. Again, I'm just thankful that we got anything at all. <laughs> um, right. I'm, yeah. I'm thrilled that there's something in this game to make me want to play it and like see a number go up, essentially. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, right. Which maybe shows my desperation. But, <laughs> uh, but New Donk City makes me really hopeful. Um, and the other little UI tweaks that they make makes me feel like they care about this thing and are going to want to keep putting time into it. Similar yeah. to uh, Mario uh, Tennis Aces, like we had mentioned uh, last episode. Um, right. So hopefully we just see like, you know, another year or year and a half of this. That would be fantastic. Um, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it like tiny little, um, I don't know, quality of life necessarily. But um, when I opened the game, um, this is not the first game that I the first time that I've played Mario Golf uh it it pops up little messages like here's what play golf is here's what the adventure mode is you should play this if if you want to this is the tutorial basically and like what everything like a little text box pops up saying what each ui element is and i was like this should have been here the first time i opened this game right yeah i noticed that as well so yeah i you know they're they're fine-tuning it and i that, that that points to me at least I think maybe um, that the direction they're going is like polish and additions over a period of time to get to the game that they want to ultimately have made. Yeah, hey, if fingers that makes crossed. Sense. Yeah, and hey, you know what? What what better place to to do the Mario Golf uh, update <laughs> than than right here? Yes, exactly. Beautiful. Did you want to, it seems like you've been playing some other stuff too. Did you want to take the, take the wheel? I can, yeah, I can really quickly talk about, um, 
uh, let's see. I, it, honorable mention, uh, shout out to Hades for still being a fucking really good game. Uh, we, we played it again uh, over this past week. Um, well, Lauren was showing it, it to Jenna. She's playing it right now behind me. Yeah, exactly. Um, and seeing it and hearing the music, I was like, fuck, I want to play Hades again. Uh, so just before this call, I, I put in my uh, fourth my fourth completed run of that game, which felt good. Well done. Uh, pales in comparison to Lauren's current streak of 49 completed runs in a row. Uh, but, you know, we're all different skill levels, and uh, <laughs> what matters is that we all have fun out there. So when's um, she going pro, huh? Oh, exactly. Yeah, we got to get her on that esports shit. Where's the G Fuel money, baby? <laughs> yeah, she'll be at the next GDQ, brought to you by uh, Verizon. <laughs> Verizon, she says. <laughs> She's been in talks, I guess. And Super Meat Boy um, Forever still, because that game is not selling. <laughs> right. It's out. We just want to remind you it exists, because no one bought it, because it's bad. It's not good. <laughs> Rip to Meat Boy, I guess. Um, yeah, that's just still a, a fucking solid game, and I'm back into it, and it feels fantastic and now i just can't wait for spelunky and spelunky 2 to come to switch and eat me alive again I keep yeah i wonder about them. do you think that they would do that as like a like a bundle probably right oh yeah definitely i think so uh, apparently that's supposed to still hit summer of this year so we'll see just how far summer can go uh, but yeah, the other thing that I, I have been playing a lot for the past couple of weeks is, uh, mini motorways, which is a follow-up to mini Metro, um, a, a hit mobile game. And I think was, it's probably on steam at this point too. Um, mini motorways has been on Apple arcade for a, a couple of years now, I think shit. Um, <laughs> since Apple arcade happened basically. Yeah, I think, I think it was, is one of the launch titles um it has since um recently i think released on steam it's uh an amount of money it's it's cheap i don't know um but it's very good um it's from dinosaur polo club i think is the developer name um yeah i i played a decent amount of mini metro back in the day um but mini motorways has really grabbed me in a way that mini metro never really did so that makes me very curious because I I feel like we could have a similar experience here because I've not played many motorways, but I've been intrigued by the like bit of buzz that it's had recently. So did it just yeah. hit Steam like within the last like week or so? Or maybe a like, handful of weeks? I feel like that's the case, but I'm I I don't know. I haven't been paying super close attention to to this game's release thing because I have it on Apple Arcade. Sure. So um, clearly so this is iterating kind of on the mini metro thing where before like you were mostly doing these train lines and now is mini motorways doing like kind of a is it kind of like a simplified like city skylines like road builder thing yeah it feels that way it's um so for those who don't know mini metro um was a very um th their style is very like stark and and minimal and beautiful um it it was a, a very simple um uh, sort of strategy puzzle game about um, trying to build a subway line, essentially, uh, like a, a commuter rail line um, in uh, all these different simulated cities, like simulated actual cities, like you could build the subway in New York or in London, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and what you would have is um, 
stations would pop up, uh, stations being uh, different shapes, and the representation of people at those stations who wanted to go somewhere else would be a different shape. So you would have a big circle, and that was the station, and next to it you would have like a triangle and a square, and that would mean that someone here wants to go to triangle station, someone here wants to go to square station. And so you would draw a line between the different stations and try to create the ideal sort of uh, line of, uh, the ideal train line or system of train lines to get people from where they are to where they want to go without creating too much congestion. Right, and I think I think with like resource constraints too, right? Like you only had so yes, many like right, lines right. of connections yeah. you could make, yeah? You only have so many, um, yeah, train lines that you can draw um, each, like, in-game week, which is, you know, a couple of minutes. Um, the clock ticks around, and it offers you a choice of, like, you can have some more tracks, uh, or you can have another locomotive to put on one of your lines, and then you'll have two trains running if you have, like, a really heavily used line. Um, yeah, so the, the enemy was congestion and the end game would come about when there were too many people waiting at one station for too long. Um, and that would ultimately bring about the demise of your city. And it would say your, your city survived X number of days until collapse. Um, and it's very similar he here in many motorways. Now, um, the difference being instead of building a Metro, you are building motorways. Um, and so what you have instead of the, one-to-one -one of the thing popping up is stations and you're drawing lines between stations. Um, you have popping up both homes and destinations. So you'll have like a little house pop up and then uh, a few tiles away from it, a bigger looking building. Like there's no, it's again, very stark, very minimalist. It's just a building of some sort that people want to go to. Um, and very slowly, little like um, pin, like destination markers pop up above that, denoting that someone wants to go there um, and you should draw a road to it. So you connect, you start up by connecting this home to this building and on and on you go. Like more homes can pop up, you connect them into the road and then another building of a different color and a different home pop up. And maybe those pop up in disadvantageous places and you have to figure out how the city connects to itself and how all of these roads intersect and you get things to play with like roundabouts and traffic lights and bridges and eventually the titular motorways um, which connect point A to point B uh, for free essentially without uh, uh, using up any of your um, motorway like your, your the roads that you can draw that's your constraint um, without using up any roads um, so yeah very similar but um, with that slight different like uh, uh, twist on it. Um, and for whatever reason, that has hooked me in a way that that mini Metro, you know, never did. Yeah, as you were describing it, I was thinking just like, okay, so this sounds like more of the same, but as soon as you're like, oh, there's roundabouts and traffic, like light stops, like, okay, so those elements sprinkled on top then opens up a lot of different, like, that's the that's the extra like, 30% of newness on a sequel that you that you right you know fly in right that could just change the entire way the thing feels so um right that sounds cool i i did like mini metros quite a bit so yeah also a very good game 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I highly recommend mini motorways because there are a lot of interesting like strategies that you can come to. And like, um, it's, it's interesting because the, you, you have that difference of, you know, exactly where people will want to go and where it is that they do want to go as opposed to mini Metro where like anything can happen at any time. Like any, any person of any kind who wants to go to any destination can pop up at any station. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a little more certainty in knowing the color coded nature of like red house wants to go to red building and will never, ever want to go to yellow building. Um, but then you have like the insert, the uncertainty introduced is when, red person and yellow person have to interact and like you have to care about the shape of things and like where intersections go and like can i place my roundabout here you know is this house too close to the water for me to build a bridge there's all kinds of like weird city planner shit uh that go into it so maybe that it's just like more diverse and there are more strategic elements um to to play with that um it kind of scratches scratches my brain a little more in a way that I like knowing how mini how simplified mini Metro was. It makes me feel confident in that it's very expertly abstracted and simplified in mini motorways as well. Um, to the point where I'm like interested in getting on board because the, yeah. the, I think the exact opposite of something like this is something like a city skylines in which you get right yeah granular views of a lot of information and there's a lot of different things to manage and there's different details and complexities with a lot of different aspects of your city it's like no yeah i don't want to do that i get overwhelmed very easily like just give me these yeah. little contained like levels I, they are is it, it is structured into levels in in motorways as well yeah it's structured right? in the same way like each each level is a city you have like um i think you start with la uh you have tokyo um uh uh, uh moscow yeah there's there's a, a ton of and you unlock those going forward by getting a certain amount of points um which is is uh the the points you get are um uh trips traveled uh in each oh, cool. city so a person getting to a destination uh, is how that's measured. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it plays out in much the same way of like the end game comes when like, but, but again, it's a little more complex because like it could be because of traffic or it could be because you didn't have enough roads to get supply to demand, uh, so to speak. Um, but yeah, when, when there are enough like potential trips i guess piling up at a destination like when a building has enough of those pins above it they coalesce into one big pin and like a timer starts ticking around um and like it sends out little shockwaves of like hey pay attention to me like people aren't getting here and they need to get here uh and if that goes on for too long then uh it times out and and your city falls falls to ruin that sounds really enticing especially as someone who wants to enjoy some of the aspects of again a city skylines but just wants it simplified to be right. like a feel-good like brain game pro like problem you know right yeah it's it's yeah i mean it's it's a tiny little puzzle game it's perfectly suited to mobile because the uh, the end state is always failure right like there is no congratulations your city works you know infinitely it's it's only like as long as it can go 
Um, which yeah, like like really lends itself to the the mini sort of ethos, I guess. Um, it's a good iPad game. I'm I'm having a great time with it. That's yeah. great. That's that's a that's good. That's another uh, another game that's come to other consoles from Apple Arcade. Um, I'm thinking. Yeah, of... Yeah, good to see. Oh no, I've forgotten the name of it. Yeah, what else has has left the um, uh, orbit of of Apple? What is that one? like cartoony dungeon crawler one on the grid cartoony dungeon crawler it's on the switch now i'm so dumb i this is oh. unexcusable because beck has been playing the shit out of this and because beck has been playing oh, the shit. shit out of it i've been playing the shit out of it oh my god i'm gonna go get my switch <laughs> okay <laughs> the search well while zach is gone uh Let's talk about um, what's going on in my neck of the woods. I've got a... Uh, oh, fuck it. <laughs> We're going to have to do another one of these. Don't put this in. It's called fucking Grindstone. Jesus. Oh, Grindstone. Grindstone. Yes. Anyways, that's the other That's the other Apple Arcade game that I was thinking about. That I couldn't remember. Because my brain uh, mini is... Motorway, I looked it up. Mini Motorways is currently $10, $10 on Steam. So that's an easy grab, in my opinion. I would have to agree. Um, I, yeah, just, again, based on how good Mini Metro was, uh, that's an easy buy. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, um, do you want to dip our toes into our unnamed lightning round segment? <laughs> yeah, sure. I don't know if I, yeah, I, I can, yeah, I can, I can drum up some, some garbage. You think you could rattle off a couple things? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so the way that this is going to work, and I'll get I'll vamp a little bit to give Mike a little bit of time to think as well. Um, I had a random idea that um, you know, there's a lot of things that we don't talk about on the pod that we still care about because they're not really uh, a way to like foster discussion. So I thought, what if we just did a lightning round where we trade off like little 20, 30 second bits of things that have happened to us or that we care about. But doesn't really lend to like further discussion. You know, there's plenty of those things where you're just like, oh, this happened or why ha like X happened, Y happened, or I care about this or blah blah blah. Um, so we're just gonna try this out live, I guess. Um, I will start. Can you give me a countdown? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, uh, three, two, one, go. So very recently, the uh, the MLB trade deadline just passed, um, and typically there's not. Too, much, too many interesting things that go on there. Um, some players will get shuffled around. Um, but the most notable thing that happened that I care about is that the uh, the Chicago Cubs are going into a rebuild because they got rid of everyone. I do not know anyone left on this baseball team. They oh, sent fuck. their stars all across the, like, like everywhere. Like Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, um, Rizzo, they're all not on that team anymore. And it's going to show they're 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 not going to be good for a little bit. So any Cubs fans listening, I really hope you like that team because it's it's going to be it might be a rough one for a second. Um, and other notable thing is that we actually got a good relief pitcher from them. Um, Craig Kimbrell, by trading a few guys of ours over to them as well. We gave them like a shortstop and a another pitcher which is just interesting because like trades between the cubs and the Sox don't really happen all that often uh right because of like the supposed like you know chicago rivalry so i almost wonder yeah. if like 
if that rivalry is kind of dying down a little bit now or not. Um, like, it's, it's a classic thing. Like, actually, this weekend, like, in a few hours, the third game of the Crosstown Classic is going to be played. Um, oh, okay, cool. Uh, so, yeah, that is my little baseball update. And also, the Sox are definitely going to be getting into the postseason, no question. There's no one that's even close to them in their division. So uh, we're going to be getting some October baseball, which is very exciting. Wow. Very cool. Okay, over to me. Yes. Um, let me see. My first thing, unsurprisingly, is about Formula One. Uh, which just had at the Hungarian Grand Prix the unquestionably best race of the season thus far, uh, which uh, uh, was, of course, because of rain. Um, All season it was very hot, or not all season, all weekend it had been very hot in Hungary, in Budapest. And then very suddenly, just before the race, um, it started to rain. And so everyone changed tires to uh, intermediate wet tires. Um, But... Still, um, the the Formula One uh, news media has been talking about this, like when it first rains, when it hasn't rained in a very long time on a roadway, all of that sort of like oil and shit and rubber comes to the surface and makes grip uh, nigh impossible, which made for a really cool rundown into turn one in which I want to say six cars were taken out immediately. Uh, and so you had a very interesting rest of the race, which um, ended up with uh, Lewis Hamilton having to fight his way from last to third. Uh, you had both Williams getting points, finally, for the first time. Uh, ironically, Nicholas Latifi finishing ahead of George Russell. Uh, but George Russell finally getting points. Um, you had uh, Esteban Ocon win his first Formula One Grand Prix, the for- first French driver uh, in a French car since uh, Alan Prost in the 90s, I guess. Um, second place, oh, second place, you had Sebastian Vettel, who was ultimately disqualified from the race because the stewards could not take enough fuel out of his car at the end of the race. He didn't have enough fuel left in his car, which is a weird regulation uh, that's that's been around for a while. They, they need to test that you're using the fuel that you're, you say you're using on race day. Um, it was an incredible result. And, uh, oh, and you got to see, uh, Max Verstappen fight his way, uh, from the back of the field up to sixth with more or less half a car. A lot of his car was missing. Uh, it was a very, oh, and finally another first that I had never seen in Formula One, uh, at the restart, every car bailed into the pits before the standing start, except for Lewis Hamilton. And the race started with only one car, Lewis Hamilton, on the grid as the lights went out. Uh, It was extraordinary. I would like to take a quick aside to mention that I think it is very funny that F1 fans get so psyched about rain because it just causes utter... Like, it's the equivalent of, like, if PGA fans were like, yeah, we like watching the good golf, but also there's this weird rule that if, like, golfers shoot within five feet of each other's ball, they have to fist fight. And, you know, (laughs) that's not what the core of our sport is, but if it happens, we love it. Yeah. Right. No, yeah, it is. It is very much like that. I think it's a thing of like it's been very samey for so long that anything that sort of shuffles things up is welcome. That does sound like. Yeah, I, I remember hearing the recap of that. That does sound like a fun one. OK, uh, for for mine, I'll, I'll keep this a rolling. 
Uh, I finished a uh, book recently, very quickly. Uh, it was a, I think this book is kind of making the rounds now. It's kind of getting popular because I know like two completely unrelated friends of mine were like, yeah, I read this and uh, it's very good. I think you should read it as well. Uh, it's a book called Crying in H Mart um, by uh, Michelle Zauner. Uh, other folks might know her work from a band called uh, Japanese Breakfast. Um, and I think oh, okay. you would also know potentially know her as the person working on the soundtrack for a game called Sable, I think it is. Right. Is that what that yes. game is? Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it's it's very good. It's a very uh, heartfelt book. The, the core of the story is uh, her talking about her experience uh, of her relationship with her mother specific like then the reason she's reflecting on this is because she uh a couple of years ago died of uh, very aggressive cancer um finishing that book the same week as my uncle's wake was a really wild uh thing to experience as well oh, yeah. um but there's beautiful like descriptions of uh of how i don't want to oversimplify this but i also know i have to be quick um about family comfort and like different types of love that uh she got from her mother um and her experience being uh half korean half american um and uh, also there are just beautiful descriptions in this book of korean food that i've never heard of before that like you know i i <laughs> it shouldn't really surprise anyone that uh i wouldn't know the the most of like Korean dishes is just being, you know, a white American guy. Uh, but like, there was a little part of me that was like, okay, I know bibimbap. I know what like banchan are. And I like, I've got a, a thing of kimchi in my fridge. I don't know shit. Like this humbled me incredibly. And it made me want to spend a lot more money at a local Korean market by me. Um, I actually did today. And I made some, something new that I'd never tried before um, using uh, uh, black bean paste, which is, incredible very very good um so so yeah so that book's uh it's very easy to read you know it's uh it is a memoir so it's very kind of like single track mind and um not disparaging like it's it is quick and easy to read but it's also uh very emotionally gripping and uh i recommend it all right back to you beautiful um that sounds really nice uh I let's see. I'm gonna bop over to something that I had on on my list to talk about a long time ago, but ultimately amounts to nothing. So it's perfect for this, which is um, every every night before we go to bed, we open up YouTube and we watch some videos to get sleepy, which is probably not really healthy, but it's what we do. Uh, and YouTube opens up to a home page, which is just like the algorithm spitting out what it thinks you want to watch. And when it delivered to us a channel called, uh, actually, I don't remember the name of the channel itself, but it's a series of videos uh, dealing with something called the 11 foot eight bridge, uh, which is maybe you've heard of this. This is uh, it, it probably got featured on Jalopnik or something at some point. Um, it's this guy set up a, a camera in his town and there's a bridge which is wh whose clearance is 11 feet, eight inches. Uh, in front of this bridge, in order to protect it, is a crash bar. Uh, it's called that because a lot of people misjudge how big their vehicle is and smack right right into that thing. Uh, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful series of videos. It's been going for, oh, nigh on a decade, maybe? Um, for a real long time. The, the video quality is steadily increasing. Uh, and most recently there was, uh, an update. Uh, the videos are now called, uh, the 11 foot eight plus eight bridge because they raised things up, uh, eight inches, but that doesn't mean that people don't still crash into it incredibly. 
Uh, and yeah, it's just a, a quick like minute and a half to two minutes uh, tops each video. It's just the truck driver barreling through, misjudging, smacking right in. Sometimes they like slow down a little bit and do a, a fun little tap. We still hear a loud boom. Those are my favorites. Um, it's just a good watch. I appreciate very much that's like, oh yeah, we're going to bed. Let's watch some like logistical damage happen to a vehicle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's great. Um, I remember hearing about that a long time ago. That is an older series of videos. Okay, yeah. Like that's, I think that's been around for- it's Been around a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, my favorites are when it shaves off like three centimeters, like just from the top yeah. of the car, like the top of the truck. Yeah, it's just a little haircut. It's nice. Yeah. Um, okay, I think this will be my last one. Um, da, 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 da. We're one month away from football, baby. Preseason is happening this week. Uh, and along with football starting, not only do we get to see how the Bears are going to fuck up again this year, but we get to see if Tom Brady is going to be able to do it again because he recently went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and won them a Super Bowl, like straight up. Um, right. We get to see if uh, New England can reclaim their former glory. A lot of these questions and more. Um, but in in addition to football starting up, that also means that fantasy football starting back up. Um, and I'm part of two leagues, a friend league uh, that we just set our draft date for. And also I'm responsible. I'm the commissioner for a family league. And so I need to, uh, you know, not hoard the cats, group the cats, wrangle the cats. I have to do something to the cats so that they can all draft football players soon. Um, <laughs> uh -huh. Corral. There's another word. I'm missing it. It doesn't matter. So um, I'm just excited. It's I mean, it, football's I enjoy football quite a bit. Um, that's it really it's it's coming soon and i'm excited to share my love of the sport with a bunch of other dinguses uh via fantasy football fabulous uh i'm glad you're you're excited for that i'm very happy for you i'm i'm excited for that in that football season usually means that fall is right around the corner and i can't wait to be done with this hell summer um my last thing will be um uh, uh special agent dale cooper uh, told us all that we should uh, buy ourselves a present every day, once a day. Not buy, but but give yourself some kind of present. Uh, I did did that in in the form of of purchasing goods. Uh, in that I knew this has been a long stretch of having people in my home. I des I deserve a present. I'm going to buy myself something nice. Um, and so I I bought myself the uh, physical edition of Panzer Paladin on Switch, which is a game that came out last spring or summer uh from tribute games which is one of my favorite little indie developers they make really um fun and, and tight little um pixel art uh video games um you may remember them from mercenary kings or um flint hook or more likely the uh scott pilgrim versus the world uh arcade game um yeah this is this is their latest um it 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 came back to me after a year because um, I kept getting the soundtrack in my head because that game has, you know, for whatever else it has going on, I, I also think it, it has a lot going for it mechanically. Whatever else it has, I think that soundtrack is fucking stellar. I think it stands head and shoulders above maybe anything else that Tribute has put out um, and anything else in the space. Like, I, I feel a lot of people, feel like a lot of people talked about the messengers soundtrack and ultimately i keep coming back to to panzer paladins um because there are just so many absolute bops on there um 
it's the same composer that that they've had for you know probably maybe close to a decade now since they kickstarted mercenary kings um and he's great he he does incredible work um he has a french canadian name that i don't know how to pronounce entirely so so i won't butcher it here but uh it's a good game it has interesting mechanics if you if you slept on it it's fairly cheap it's an indie game i would check it out because it's cool it's funny because the way that i heard about uh panzer paladin is through someone sharing a track and be like this goes so much harder than it has any right to oh nice okay um, yeah it's and they're I, all I, like that it's a very I good soundtrack it, i looked into it a little bit further and the game itself does look pretty sick um so yeah that's another one cool. i'm keeping in the back of my head um okay beautiful i think we i think we nailed that cool lightning round yeah are we gonna have like sound effects for i, I can't promise anything all right, I think that's gonna that's gonna do it for us. Um, thank you so much for listening, as always. Um, appreciate it very much. Uh, just as a reminder, if you want to throw any questions, uh, comments, or pieces of postmodern art our way, uh, we have an email. I would add to that list um, suggestions for little things to do at the end of an episode, like a lightning round. If you have any fun podcast games that we could play. That's actually yeah, that's, going that's a those. good idea as well, because I uh, I don't have any of those ideas, really <laughs> like that. Yeah. We've, I mean, we're hitting. Oh, wait, this is episode 10 as well. Oh, this is episode 10. Oh, we should have said that at the top. We never say our episode. Uh, numbers no. at the top. It's and fun. then I always forget as soon as we're in conversation. We have an email. Uh, it's loudfriendspod at gmail dot com. Shoot us a line. Let us know how we're doing. Mike, do you want to take us around your neck of the woods? What do you got going on? Yes, I, I just made a new video. Uh, it's called Surf and GBA. It's based on an album by Louis Zong. Uh, I reached out to Louis and I asked if I could use his music for a stupid video idea, and he said it sounded cool and I could go ahead and do that. So I feel very good about that. Um, it's, it's up on, on my YouTube, uh, at youtube.com slash EganWorks. I think we link it in the show. I don't remember if we link it. It's fine if we don't. Um, and I, I have also uh, recently felt a burst of creativity, and I think I might uh, try to continue putting out little shorts on a weekly basis if I can. Um, and if you would like to support me in, in doing that, you can do so at patreon.com slash eganworks. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. Uh, I did watch that video. It's very cute. It's a good little video. It's got feet oh, in it. Oh, thank you. It does. Yeah, it's, I think, my first to, to, uh, to do that. Congratulations. How does it feel to uh, have finally shown feet? Um, it feels good. And I, I, I feel like, uh, if this doesn't get me some sort of weird, uh, internet following of at least one or two people, um, then, uh, this will not have been worth it. And I, I'll, I'll delete my channel. You can find me sweating my ass off, skating through Chicago, busting my ass, going to a Korean market and picking up various lovely delicacies. Thank you for listening. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you, thank you. And we'll, uh, we'll see you again in two weeks. Bye. Goodbye. Am I okay here? What a question. Am I okay here? <laughs> Is anyone... Uh, oh, now I'm okay. Okay, that's all it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Baby boy just had a big old burp. <laughs>